Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What up, world? Welcome on all to another episode of The Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's blog on theboys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from right here as your humble host on The Ocho. It is Tuesday, May 12th, 2020. Hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, practicing social distancing, and ready to have some fun talking um, not necessarily just about the Dallas Cowboys, but about, um, well, about one of their longtime rivals, if I'm being honest with you. Now, uh, look, we are on all of our shows on our podcast feed. And by the way, if you have not subscribed to the Blog and the Boys podcast feed, you are missing out because with one feed, you get access to all of our great shows. We had an episode of Girls Talking Boys yesterday with Kelsey Charles and Meg Murray talking to Don Elliott, the mother of Dallas Cowboys running back, Zeke Elliott. And I know the girls have a fun guest in store for you this Friday. We have a brand new episode of The 750 dropping later today with myself and two-time Super Bowl champion. Tony Casillas. Tomorrow, we have an episode of Talk on the Draft with Connor Livesey and Dalton Miller in our extended conversation with Rashad Whitfield, the footwork king who has been training C.D. Lamb since C.D. was in high school. We have just a lot of fun stuff going on, and we really, you know, are so appreciative for everyone that has chosen to make us part of their Cowboys fan experience. So if you have not yet, give us a shot. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. That's Apple devices, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. We're all over the place. Uh, if you need any link or any help or any uh, information, finding anything, you can always hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at RJ Ochoa on both. You can also shoot me an email, rj.ochoa at sbnation.com. But, you know, we've all, all of our shows, we've been trying to find just the best guests that we can for you to, you know, have the best conversations that we possibly can with regards to the Cowboys. That's why we're all here. I mean, uh, we love talking about this team and and doing so with smart intellectual people. And, um, you know, sometimes we we stumble across and, and run into interesting people that maybe, you know, cover a different team or, or talk about a different team. Or, or in this case, root for a different team. And uh, so last week, uh, to kind of let you know exactly how this came together, uh, when the NFL schedule came out uh, over on our Blog and the Boys Twitter feed, at Blog and the Boys, we were uh, tweeting and, and talking about different things. And there was a video of Mina Kimes from ESPN talking about how she was high on the Cowboys. And Mina actually, um, you know, she went to bat for the Cowboys on Monday. So shout out uh, to Mina Kimes, friend of the show. If you have not, go back uh, in our podcast feed. We had Mina on at the Super Bowl on Radio Row, uh, Gina Thomas and I did, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, you can hear that here in the feed as well. But uh, we were kind of just tweeting, talking about a bunch of different stuff, and I saw that Micah Puchel, uh interacted with us. Now, if you don't know Micah, he is the lead singer, lead guitarist for the band Iration. Iration uh, has some really great kind of reggae, uh, chill, fun, funk, pop music uh, that is really awesome. And uh, we had on, you might remember, 
now is about two months ago, Chris Solomon, Solly from No Laying Up, the uh, popular golf uh, enterprise, we'll call it that. And um, they have a series No Laying Up does called Tour Sauce. It's just kind of a, a golfer's traveling show. We, we talked about it with Solly. And, um, you know, on one of the episodes I saw they had as a guest, they played a couple of rounds, a couple different episodes with Micah, with Poosh. And um, so that was how I first heard of Iration. And I've been listening to them ever since. They are great music uh, to kind of relax to and just kind of, you know, have on in the background while you're working. And uh, they're available wherever you get your music. Uh, I'm a Spotify user myself. And so uh, I hit up some Iration all the time. But I saw Micah interacting with the tweets and stuff. And so I hit him up and said, hey, Micah, how about, you know, you come on the podcast? And he said, well, you know, I'm actually a huge San Francisco 49ers fan, so I don't know how that will go. And I was like, dude, don't worry. Uh, We'll have a fun time. And we did. I I think we had just a really fun conversation talking about the 49ers and the Cowboys. And Poosh kind of gave his thoughts on Dak Prescott, which was really fun. Uh, Certainly somebody that knows a lot about the Cowboys and about the NFL and certainly about the, uh, the San Francisco 49ers. And so I think you are really going to enjoy it. Tomorrow on Wednesday's episode of The Ocho, we will continue our run of guests ourselves as we will have the Around the NFL podcast's Mark Sessler. So if you missed it, we did have the first half of BTB's conversation with Rashad Whitfield on this show on Monday. You can go back and listen to that and you can uh, you can get back uh, you know, in your chair, sit back and relax and get ready for, uh, for a good time. Michael Puchel, lead singer, lead guitarist from Iration, joins us next right here on The Ocho. Talking Pleased to be joined now by a very special guest, the one, the only, internationally famous, famous all the way on the planet of Pluto, assuming it is one. I'm not sure, uh, you know, here in 2020, but the one and only from Iration, Poosh, Micah. How goes it, my man? What's up, man? How are you doing? What's I'm doing really me? well. Glad to, is, yeah, uh, glad to be here. Is Pluto a planet in your estimation? Um, Yes. I don't <laughs> care what they say about it. It's a... It's a it's out there. I mean, it's existing. It's not like it disappeared, right? Yeah, no, because I agree. it's not functional doesn't mean it's not still a planet. Like it was a planet like three years ago, and now it's not. Like what? What happened? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know if it was about it, but three years I, ago. It was I a while back. What was it? Was it further than that? <laughs> I, I mean, I really don't know. Um, but um, I remember learning the planets, and there was like um. I don't know what it's called, like an anagram or whatever, but it's like my very educated mother. There was like something that helps you remember all the right, planets. Right. And I just, I feel like, you know, it kind of sucks for kids that have to learn it now because that's not a thing. Um, you have a newborn. Congratulations. So you'll teach yeah. her that, that Pluto's a planet, I assume? Um, I think we'll just cross that bridge when we get there. Well, by, by, the, by the time she's an adult and, you know, at an age where you can have that conversation, we'll probably be at the point where we can travel uh, to these different planets. So, um, yeah, you know, yeah. it'll be a lot less awkward when, when we can get there. Uh, you are the first person, I think, that is on Spotify, besides like any podcaster, but like Spotify for music uh, to be on our show. Uh, for anyone that is unfamiliar with, which I really doubt, can you tell us about Iration? Because I first saw you guys on Tour Sauce, and ever since, you guys are kind of, I would say, like my every other, I'll listen to something on Spotify, then I'll jump back to Iration. Can you tell us a little bit about the group? Yeah, so we're a band that's originally from Hawaii uh, that relocated to 
California, Santa Barbara, California, to be exact. And uh, we kind of play a blend of reggae, rock, pop, uh, lots of different styles. Um, yeah, we're nationally touring act. We've been doing that for just over 10 years now. And uh, I love sports and golf in particular, um, but I love football. So um, played football in, in high school and a little bit of college. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a sports fan at heart. And uh, proud to be here on uh, Blogging the Boys. <laughs> well, um, full disclosure. Sorta. Yeah, Poosh, <laughs> you're a San Francisco 49ers fan. And so when we were talking about you coming on, you were like, I don't know if, if people will hate me uh, or whatnot. I have a lot of questions about this. Um, I'll start with maybe the most aggressive one for our listeners. What's your favorite 49ers over Cowboys win? Oh... Whatever the last one was, I think it was the Harbaugh. The Harbaugh when we went, we went into uh, Jerry World and just kind of packed the stands full of red yeah. jerseys, and then just kind of pulled out a pretty hard-fought win. Um, I was actually at the game at Levi's. We actually played the pregame, and then uh, when we when we rolled out Blaine Gabbert against uh, the against Dak and, and the Cowboys and we actually had the lead at halftime and the Cowboys kind of just, just right. pulled, it, pulled us apart <laughs> in the second half, but uh, kind of were, you know, deservedly so more talented team. But at that, yeah, the, I think the, my, my favorite win would probably be that the last one, just the hardball win, just because I had a lot of money with my, my Cowboy buddies on it. So sure. So cool. that, that was the 2014 season opener and that was really bad. Um, that was, you know, everybody thought they rushed Romo back too soon. And that was the the last kind of year of Romo um, before everything kind of settled in. And that was um, that was right. kind of the, the end of that Harbaugh run in San Francisco. So they were still kind of operating, you know, with with those powers and whatnot. So they'll be back this season at AT&T Stadium for the first time since then. Because the two games uh, since 2014 have both been at Levi's. You mentioned the Blaine Gabbert one. Then there was the C.J. Beathard one before the Jimmy Garoppolo trade. That was when Jeff Heath uh, came in and kicked a little bit because Dan Bailey woke up with a sore back and everything. Yeah, um, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> so there's some, you know, there's obviously a lot of interesting games, um, you know, way, way, way back. But I think even recently, um, I know that you are kind of in the same boat as a lot of Cowboys fans. You're a Jimmy G stan, right? Like that's your. I, I I don't know exactly. Like, are there 49ers fans that hate him? I think there's a lot of 49ers fans that are just they're kind of malcontents just in general with the team. And like, no matter what, how good the team is, you know what's what's happening on a week to week basis, they're always gotta criticize something about the team. You know, I'm sure there are cowboy you know cowboy fans <laughs> that are in your Twitter mentions like daily with the same criticisms of you know wh whatever it be i'm sure it was a lot of before it was garrett and it's probably there's some amari people and and some zeke and some dak haters out there but that's the same people that kind of feel like are jimmy g haters which is yes he does throw the occasional weird weird interception um but for the most part last year when it came down to the end of the games he was rock solid when we really needed him he came through in the clutch he was kind of a clutch player for us all last season. And uh, it was just really his first season as a starter. So first season playing uh, an entire full season, 16, 16 plus games, you know, in the right. playoffs obviously as well. Um, and usually they say in Shanahan's offense, the second year is really where quarterbacks kind of make a jump. So 
obviously you hope that he does make a jump. That's my, my feeling is that he will. Um, just understanding the offense more, having a full season of, you know, being in it, seeing it, seeing the way defenses react, et cetera. I think that that's all good stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm behind Jimmy G, 100%. What do you think is the, the least debated element of the current 49ers team? Like, what, what is universally accepted as, as, like, nobody has a problem with this. Like you mentioned, like, a lot of Cowboys fans certainly are divided on Dak or, or the Zeke contract and things like that. What's something that every 49ers fan gets behind? Every 49ers fan gets behind the fact that we are the best front seven. I don't think anybody will debate that we have the most talented front seven in mm-hmm. the NFL from top to bottom, just from, you know, the, the, the most back, the furthest back in the, in the rotation right. guys are very, very talented. You know, we have guys that are rotating in like, uh, Ronald Blair and DJ Jones and guys like that who are ascending players that are players that are about to kind of make their mark in the league. Um, yeah, the other thing I think would be that in Shanahan, Shanahan, you know, Kyle Shanahan is just a beast. Like it doesn't really <laughs> matter who we roll out there on offense. We we had we played a bunch of games last season with with both of our starting tackles out. Right, and we went. I think we went three and one in the games that we had both tackles out. Only lost to Baltimore. So, yeah, well, Shanahan's just a beast. Okay, I mean he is a beast. Um, there's no doubt about that. Uh, it, it is amazing how the 49ers kind of reset that front seven because, like we mentioned, that 2014 time that that three year run, those back to back to back NFC Championship games and the Super Bowl 47 appearance that was un that was an unreal time. And the Cowboys this offseason signed Alden Smith. Um, obviously, it's been a long time, but what do you remember about Alden? Like, were you just like, this is the dude? Yeah, I mean, I love Alden. I, have an, I still have an Alden Smith 49ers jersey that got kind of tucked into the back of my closet once he <laughs> uh, got booted off the team. Sure. But, no, I mean, he's obviously you know, incredibly talented. It, it, it didn't hurt that he played next to Justin Smith, right. um, who's one of the you know, great – great interior players of all time um but he he he's extremely long he's extremely athletic um and he's a you know it remains to be seen if he can pick up where he left off i mean uh, um when he was playing at the end it, he definitely lost a little bit when he wasn't playing next to smith that last year but uh, you guys are really trying to kind of re- recreate the, the the energy though i think you, know, you, you have tom sula coaching up your d-line who's, right you know, an ex 49er D line coach and head coach. So, yeah, I mean, I, Alvin Smith is a really, really talented player, High, highly talented player. Um, but yes, of course, he has some demons. It remains to be seen if he can kind of re- recover from sure. those, uh, those demons. So you mentioned um, having an Alden jersey in the Stay the Course video that you guys put out, the music video for it. Um, you're wearing a 49ers jersey, but I couldn't figure out exactly which one it was. You didn't, like, I don't know, man. It's fantastic camera work, but they never sweep around to show the back of the jersey. What jersey is in that video? A lot of people were like, is that a Tina Turner video? Or a Tina Turner jersey? I'm like, no, man, I'm not that deep. But, no, it's actually a Puchel jersey. Uh, like I said, when we did play, we played, we've been able to play uh, two games at Levi's. Um when we played a Rams game in week 17 and we played that Cowboys game, obviously. And uh, when we did play, they had Jersey, a Jersey made for me, um, custom 49ers Jersey. So they put my, 
last name on the jersey and 58 was my number in high school and college so I wore I've had it on 58 so it's actually a Puchel 49ers jersey that's Puch legit jersey. yeah see because yeah. I was I mean when I first saw it I thought I, I really thought like at first glance it was a Navarro Bowman jersey just because I saw the like second half of the eight uh, but then yeah. I was like man who you know and I was and I, I, I watched the whole video like four times over in a row to try to see like any sort of angle um so well, well done camera work there at disguising that but um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh how many 49ers jerseys do you have in your closet right now i think i have three i have an adam snyder jersey a friend of mine was an offensive lineman for them he gave me a jersey um i have the, the pre-shell jersey i have the alvin smith jersey i don't really have that many i'm not really a big jersey guy but um, lucky enough to know some players and and obviously had some given to me the one i did buy with the alden smith felt like i jinxed myself so i think i stopped buying jerseys after that what's your favorite look for the 49ers like what's the best jersey they wear i think it's the 94 the white throwbacks i really Ooh. like those those are super clean yeah with like the gold and red accents right like the um, shadow or whatever it is like coming off of it yeah they, they were they wore them last year and that that second Seahawks game um, that we won up in Seattle, those are just really, really clean looking. I, I like white, you know, especially in, you know, in the NFL with the lights and it's just so like everything looks so clean and, and uh, sharp. Right. So, um, you know, I think when, when we have guests that aren't planted in the world of football, I think people think that they're just kind of casual football fans. But you're you're not like that. I mean, you're like a hardcore football fan. Like you are reading stuff all the time. That was how we kind of started talking because you were interacting with Mina Kimes. I'm not going to lie, Push, kind of hating on the Cowboys a little bit. Um, and, <laughs> and so like um you and we were talking about and you said your buddies you got some buddies that are cowboys fans is that what it's like for you like during the day i mean i know you're you're a huge golfer and you know kind of follow the tour and everything all all that uh but is in during the fall the normal times of the fall is is it just kind of football 24 7 for you it's football 24 7 for me pretty much year round we have a fantasy football stream that doesn't stop um you know, we're, we're in draft, we're in the draft right now. And I have, there are, you know, three of the guys, I grew up in Hawaii and Hawaii, you're either a 49er fan or a Cowboy fan, pretty much mm -hmm. extensively. doesn't matter where you're from. And so, um, like my, my hometown Pop Warner team was the Cowboys, the one nice. Cowboys. And so all the guys that played on that team were, you know, our Cowboy, our Cowboys fans. And so, you know, I have one guy in particular, who's a blogging the boys. She's always posting your guys' articles in our stream. And we're always like, dude, come on. You can't be posting hometown articles in our, in this stream. He's, he's uh, you, you know, I, I'm not in here with my Niners nation article. I give him a hard time about it, but uh, no, but yeah, we, we, we and him, I'm kind of known as like, and then I hope this is going to get my, hopefully my mentions don't explode with all your, with your, your fans, but I'm kind of the cowboy hater of the group. That's how I'm considered just because I'm very critical of uh the moves that the cowboys make and you know i grew up a niner fan we have the history in the 90s of you know battles and you know i'm just kind of conditioned not to like the cowboys that's nothing against cowboys <laughs> fans or you or anybody else it's just that's just how it is in 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 sports fandom i think we all understand that it's Poosh Daddy on Twitter at Poosh Daddy. That's P double O S H Daddy. <laughs> uh, if you want to hit Poosh up. R I P to my mentions. Yeah. Um, 
so what I guess be as critical as you can then. And and I, you know, because though we were talking over email and stuff, um, you were you were responding to Amina Kimes tweet after the schedule was released. Right. She said that she was really high on the Cowboys. She talked about how they were 0-5 in one possession games last year. And she talked about how that's typically a sign of kind of regressing more to the mean. Uh, they were eight and one in one possession games in 2018, for example. So they went from one side of the extreme to the other. Um, what, what are your thoughts then? I mean, whether critically or objectively, I mean, whatever the case may be on, well, on where the Cowboys sit right now. My, my biggest, my biggest question for her was that was the, the fact that the roster is, is different from the, you guys were more similar from, 18 to 19 than you are, I think, feel from 19 to 20. Sure. Although, I mean, offensively, your weapons are fairly similar. You add C.D. Lamb, but you lose Travis Frederick. You kind of lose um, Byron Jones, obviously. Malik Collins on the interior, who I felt like was a, your, one of your better ascending interior linemen. Um, and you replace them with veterans on one year, a lot of veterans on one-year deals. Um, so I was just kind of questioning that, like, you know, the, the roster is different. You have rookies kind of kicking up spots of guys that were proven veterans. You know, Byron Jones is an all-pro. Mm -hmm. uh, you're, you know, hopefully filling that role with Diggs or one of these, you know, younger players. And I just kind of was questioning that. And she, her response was basically that the, be the head coach is, is better and the offensive coordinator is the same. So I was like, all right. I mean, that's not the most in-depth answer that I could have asked for, but um, – <laughs> Yeah, those are my, I mean, those are the questions that I like to like pose, you know, to my buddy. And I, I, I give him a hard time about the, the Ezekiel Elliott contract oh. because I feel like it it was rough in this, in 2020 to, or 2019, I should say, to pay a running back that kind of money. So, you know, those are the kind of the, the general talking points that I go back to with, with Cowboys. It's just, you know, I it just seems like they gave up a really, really foundational crucial piece in Byron Jones and you know they're having a hard time signing Dak they're getting Dak to sign for the money that they wanted to sign because right. they had to sign for this massive contract no I agree and I think yeah. that's fair um and I think it's easy to say oh well you know Mike McCarthy is not Jason Garrett so that's a huge win in that capacity I think so we didn't even mention they lost Robert Quinn you know you lose 11 and a half sacks and that's, yeah, Robert that's tough too. um but I think so there's no doubt that defensively their roster is weaker, right? Like no matter who they added, if you lose Quinn and, and Byron Jones, you're weaker overall. And and even if we want to call their offense a wash, I, I think that what a lot of people are hopeful of, and I'm curious to see if you agree, is that in disposition, they will be more aggressive. And I think that they are leaning into the fact that they can, you know, proverbially score 40 points a game and so they can play aggressive on defense because they've just played so conservatively that was kind of the Chris Richard way uh, who I know you're certainly mm -hmm. familiar with as a 49ers fan and keeping everything in front of them not giving up big plays and that's why they never ever force turnovers and so I think on defense if if you realize look we don't have the the largest pool of talent in the NFL so we're gonna have to take some chances and, and if we do and we win great if we lose, our offense is built to be able to go shot for shot with every other team. So maybe we'll kind of play that way. And I think people are, are excited about that. Does that make sense to you, though? Or do you think that's just Cowboys fanboys going nuts? No, I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, I understand <laughs> being very excited excited about the offense. I mean, you have a lot of, you have a lot of talent on offense. There's no doubting that. I mean, uh, your wide receiver core is very strong. You, have, you do have Ezekiel Elliott. Um, the offensive line is still solid. It's 
you, you lost a big piece in Frederick. Um, but and Dak obviously is is good. So he's, I mean, he, to me, I think he's definitely a franchise player. He definitely some of the needs to get signed for long term. But you know, it's just for me, I have seen that you know, you're trying to base, if you're trying to base everything on essentially what the Chiefs model has been, you know, which is just try to outscore outscore teams and let your defense try to make a couple of pivotal stops here and there. Sure. Um, it's just rolling the dice to me, and I just think it's you know, over the, the history of the NFL, what's been proven successful is that if you have the superior defense, it generally wins over this, over the, the high, the high powered defense generally wins over the high powered offense. Yeah. And I that think just, that's, yeah, that, there's a lot of data to that. Like I think the ultimate sort of example of that Super Bowl 48 when those Broncos walked in and just that that Chris Richard, you know, Seahawks team just really kind of stuck it to him. Um, maybe this yeah. has been the source of a lot of debates between you and, and your buddy, uh, who's a genius and reads blog in the boys dot com. But uh, Jimmy Garoppolo or Dak, who's better to you? Oh, that's, <laughs> tough. that's tough for me. I mean, right. I would say right now. Dak Prescott is better than Jimmy G, but in you know Dak's in year five, right? This year will be five, year five. So yeah. Jimmy G, yeah. So Jimmy G, although he's been in the league, is this is really only his second year. So I think the the, the comp the comp would be you know looking at Dak's year one versus uh, Jimmy G's year one. Yeah, I don't really know off the top of my head what it would be like. I think they're actually, I think they're actually fairly similar players. I think Dak's probably a little bit more athletic, as far as a runner, uh, maybe a bit bit sturdier, bigger guy. Mm-hmm. Um, throws a right now probably throws a probably a superior deep ball, um, maybe a little bit more arm strength. But I think Jimmy G is what he is really good at is he's very he's, I mean besides a lot of people criticize the Super Bowl, but uh, we can talk about that. But I think he's very clutch. I think he was clutch all year. I think he's he is very accurate when he's has when he's feeling pressure, and uh, you know he was good in the big games. And I think that that's kind of the trade-off. It's like Dak has kind of failed to really come through in the big the big moments in the big games, and Jimmy G came through in the big games last year pretty much almost every single time. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. So I do want to talk about the Super Bowl, but before that, how annoying, like what was the the three days after that tweet about how he threw five interceptions in a row in practice or whatever it was at training camp, how annoying yeah. was your life for like five days after that? Really annoying just because <laughs> there are a couple of, you know, Niners beat writers that kind of pick up on that kind of stuff and then they right. run with it and they try to make a big deal. And it's just like, man, it's, it's practice. Like, you know, the majority of these plays are scripted out or they're like running, they're, they're running vanilla stuff. They're running the same things over and over again. And it's like, you know, he's not, he's not like Jimmy G in, in a practice in, in, a, in a training camp practice, isn't going to like run outside the pocket and like throw the ball into the stands, you know, or like, right. you know what I mean? He's not going to throw the ball away. He's going to try and try and force the ball in there probably, or, you know, better to throw an interception. They used to say that, you know, Aaron Rodgers would throw a bunch of interceptions in practice just because he was trying to see what he could get away with by, by fitting balls in like in certain angles and, and just seeing what he could get away with. And he's like, well, it's better to throw a pick in practice and to throw it in the game. And at least you know what, you know, what you can get away with and what you can't. So, you know, I just take it with a grain of salt. All that stuff from, that comes out in training camp and pr- from practice is just like, come on, I love practice, man. <laughs> That was that was really wild. That was and and there's like there's seminal moments like that. I think for every team and like every major player, there's there's like that moment where like everybody turns. And um, so when you're the lone person defending the idea, whatever it may be, it can be a dark, you know, kind of seventy-two hour period. Um, has has it been like that for you ever since the Super Bowl? That the you know the fourth quarter numbers and everything that Jimmy had. Yeah, just like shouting into the void, basically, is what it feels like, you know? Like, nobody's listening to you anymore. They're all, like, made up their minds on what happened in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually, it's funny, because I actually, I couldn't, I I had a, I, you know, watching that Super Bowl is very tough. You know, watching another Niners loss in the Super Bowl uh, was very tough. But I actually went back and watched the game, um, like, a couple weeks ago, just up late. Baby was sleeping. I was just on deck, late night duty. So I was just flipped on YouTube and just kind of went through the game and just 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 to kind of remind myself of like what happened. And like people forget, Jimmy G was like twenty one of twenty three for like two hundred and forty yards, two touchdowns, and a pick going into going into the third quarter, like midway through the third quarter. Like he was lights out. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know it. The game, the game really changed on those two drives where almost every drive the whole season, whenever we needed to have one, he would put it together. Shanahan would dial it up. They would move right down the field and score. Like almost every – literally every single – almost every single game. And that game I totally felt confident that it was going to happen. And if you go back and watch the plays that Shanahan called, he's got both times when the ball got batted down. In the, uh, by Chris Jones, he had Kittle completely wide open in the middle of the field. If he catches the ball, he's off to the races for who knows you know, how mm. many yards, and the game's probably over at that point. So I just go back and watch those. He made a couple of decisions in that game that were questionable, just going back and watching the, like, 
the the plays over and over again and trying to psycho being a psychopath that I am and just kind of like trying to really you know deconstruct what happened there and you know hopefully hoping that everything will change when I rewatch the YouTube video and I'm living a nightmare but it's uh, unfortunately it's the the reality that I have to deal with and we just have to move on to uh, we have to move on to 2020. It's just the middle of the night, baby's asleep. You throw on the 58 Puchel jersey and, you know, just, <laughs> just it's all, all you in a dark, quiet room. I, I can respect that. Um, I know this might be a pain. <laughs> That's a good point, too. I, um, th this might be a painful question. If they win that game, who's MVP to you? You know, it's either Jimmy G or it's Debo Samuel, I think. Mm. Uh, De Debo Samuel is having a a really really good game um through the first half i think he kind of slowed down in the second half um yeah. there's a you know i think it's probably jimmy g just because he's a quarterback and if he if he takes us down the field and we score on that drive it's probably him um well yeah i'd say it's probably jimmy g i think and i i was i've got a buddy that's a huge houston texans fan and so we were talking about this and i kind of feel like their 24 point cough up to the chiefs has sort of been forgiven very fast you know what i mean like that was only like four months ago and we've all just kind of like like for example if that had been the cowboys you know what i mean it would just we would still be talking about it every day um and losing the super bowl is hard but i kind of feel like because of the pat mahomes factor and just how great he is it feels like everybody that loses to him it is just it's kind of well you, you know you ran into pat mahomes do you, do you kind of feel that way i mean i know you're you're pissed that they lost but do you kind of feel like well we lost to this incredible town. Yeah, I mean, in the game, you're not. I was not feeling comfortable all ten, uh, to be sure. honest. And like somebody, I think I can't remember who it was. I think it was George Chari or one of those PFF guys who was was saying that basically being being up to like people are hating on the 49ers for for losing for giving up a ten point lead against Mahomes in the Super Bowl, but being up ten against Mahomes in the fourth quarter is like being behind three points mm. it's like you're you're not really ahead you're, he's gonna score like no matter what at the end of the game and you just have to like we needed to score we needed to just keep the ball out of his hands there and it's um you just have to kind of assume that he's gonna do that it's when when there's players like that that are just kind of next level talent that you know especially when our team got started to get really tired you know the, right. the interior guys we, we were so we were we lost a lot of guys on defense um that were through the playoffs and to the end of the season. So that was kind of an underrated storyline that a lot of the guys that were our kind of core backup players on the D line were, were, were injured. And uh, I think that ended up taking a toll. Everybody was by the fourth quarter, they were pretty tired out. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, it was tough. It was tough. I'm not going to lie. I'm still, I'm still pretty tweaked about it. Like just thinking about it just makes me want to put my Alvin Jersey on and like, in yeah. the dark, just close myself in my closet and like sing Kumbaya for three hours. But yeah, well, we I mean, to, we have to persevere. If anyone can, you can. I mean, you know what I mean? And, and it'll, it'll sound great. Uh, my last question about the <laughs> Niners specifically. Uh, so John Lynch told Peter King that when they before they traded back in the draft that they really considered taking cd lamb and then obviously they traded back and they're they're the kings of trading back one pick uh in recent memory and mm -hmm. so they end up with javon kinlaw and brandon Ayuk. and so would you rather have that duo or cd lamb i would rather have that duo um just because i feel like 
in Shanahan's offense, a guy like Ayuk and C.D. Lamb are fairly comparable. I mean, I know people are going to say, like, C.D. Lamb was the most <laughs> at, at most Push obvious. Daddy on Twitter, again, just to be clear. Yeah, yeah. I know this is, I know this is a hot take, all right? I get it. <laughs> but, like, we get we get Kinlaw, who's basically the like-for-like replacement for DeForest Buckner. Right. As even is a bigger – he's bigger. He has more pass rush ability. The guy is one of – he's a he's a, a superior – prospect as far as interior pass rush so he's and he's on that rookie contract now so every it's a win in every category yeah and then you get a guy that's maybe not not quite the yak yak god that he was (laughs) in college but he's playing with a freshman quarterback at arizona state whereas cd's playing in you know maybe the most potent offense in the country uh under lincoln riley so he's you know, he's getting schemed wide open. He's like basically Lincoln Riley's like the Shanahan of college football. So he's like playing in this superior offense with a, you know, NFL level quarterback. So, I mean, I just look at these things, you know, Shanahan said that he had Ayuk and CD lamb, basically one, a one B in his book, you know, who knows if mm-hmm. he was telling the truth, or he was just saying that. Um, I think he really liked, the way that Ayuk runs with the ball after the sack and his physicality. I think he likes that in wide receivers as, you know, you can see that in Debo, Kittle, and kind of the guys that we have on the roster. He likes guys that when they get the ball in their hands, they are not afraid to be physical and run like a running back after they get the ball. You know, we drafted Joan Jennings after that as well. It's right. pretty much the embodiment of that. So, yeah, I think I would rather have, Kinlaw and because really the identity of the 49ers is the interior D line and the D line in general. Um, that's what we are. And that's what our success was last year. And, and uh, that's where we dominated teams was from the defensive side of the ball. And I'm Shanahan, you could give him, I mean, even if we didn't get IU out of the deal, I still think, you know, he can, he'll, he'll be able to scheme the offense at the points either way. It's, but if you have a dominating defense, uh, I think you're, you're always going to be in, in the game no matter what. Sure. I think I'm going to go tweet. I'm going to go figure it out. Like the entire sort of plus benefit they've had since trading back with Chicago. Um, Cause there's, you know, that's kind of led to all this. That was sort of the first domino to fall in a lot of ways. So yeah. um, some very, very fantastic work from John Lynch in that capacity. Okay. So um, uh, last one before we hit some golf, um, the 49ers are the best team in the NFC to you. I, I don't think that we're going to get you to say anything otherwise. If the 49ers are the best team in the NFC, the Cowboys are, are number what right now? I would say the Cowboys are probably in that four to six range. I, I do think that the Saints are a better football team, more sure. complete football team than the Cowboys. Uh, I do think that the Seahawks, regardless of what is happening up there, they're always just going to be – right. Competitive, really competitive with Russell Wilson and Carroll and whatever they do. So I just find it hard. I have a hard time putting them out of the top top four. And then I would say right now, I mean, a lot of people are down on down on the Packers, but I'd say that the Cowboys are kind of in that range with the Packers and maybe you know you have the. I actually say the Vikings are probably. I think they had a really sure. strong draft. I think they have a pretty. I think they addressed the kind of the needs that they needed to. And, uh, you know, the Bucks. who knows? I, right. I don't personally think the Bucks are going to be as good as people think they're going to be. Um, but we'll see. I mean, they, they, they 
were an underrated defense last year. Jameis Winston was just absolute like murder for them, giving the you, ball away. He he pretty much handed us the game. We we were losing. We we're about to lose to them. And he right. Threw two pick sixes in that game. So. Um, you uh, you have a chance to curry favor with Cowboys fans here, Poosh. Dak or Wentz? I would say Dak, just because Dak is. I actually like Dak Prescott. I'm not I'm not I'm not a hater on Dak. I think he's <laughs> a solid QB. I think he I think he deserves I think he deserves 45 million. <laughs> well done. No, okay. I deserve. I, 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 I can still turn this in. I can still turn this into cow in some sort of cowboy uh, detriment. Right. You know, get get the get the Dak the Dak stands out there to, to jump on the forty five million a year bandwagon. No, I just think just because he's been more consistent. I mean, he's played more. You know, Wentz Wentz is obviously really talented, but he hasn't played and he hasn't he hasn't won any any more big games than than Dak has. So, you know, I would go with the consistency. I would go with uh, just kind of the ability to play football games of Dak Prescott over Carson Wentz. Again, at Poosh Daddy. Now you can – he's redeemed himself. Um, Poosh, okay, so you're a big golfer. And, um, I mean, I don't even know that big golfer properly describes it. What would you – how would you describe your relationship with the game of golf? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a big golfer, and I'm literally a big golfer. So I'm probably, like, <laughs> you know, one of the bigger guys playing golf out there. <laughs> but as an ex, ex-football player. But, yeah, like, uh, my, my, my relationship with the game of golf is – it's my favorite game in the world. I think it's the best game in the world. Um, I love everything about it. Love the, I love being outside. I love as a touring musician. It's, it's the best just because it allows me to escape the tour bus, escape the, the venue and get into, you know, get out in nature and walk around, uh, kind of clear your mind. And I just love the strategy of it. I love how that it's, it's in the way that music is, you're, you can't ever perfect music. You can't ever perfect golf. Right. You, know, you never can go out there. You're never going to hit the same shot twice ever in your life. Uh, it's always different depending on the weather, the wind, where the flag is, what the how the air is sitting that day, et cetera, et cetera. It's just uh, it always changes, even if you're playing the same course over and over again. So I like that aspect of it. Um, no, I, just a I, big I... lover of the game. I totally agree. Uh, played around last weekend with my buddy and my wife came and, and watched and, and rode along and stuff and socially distanced for anybody, uh, you know, listening to that particular of detail of it. But um, so, I mean, like, I think it was on, on eight, you know, I, I crushed my drive, hit a little pitching wedge to get on and, you know, part. And so it's awesome. And like, you know, I'm feeling feeling high. And then the next hole just absolutely duffed this 56 degree wedge. And I just looked up and I was like, this is the best game. Like it's, it's just, it's, it's the best for that reason that you can go from like the ultimate high to just the ultimate low and then back up and down. And it's, it's wild in that sense. So um, how often do you play when you tour? Like, I mean, are you trying to play every city if you, if you can, I mean, obviously you got different commitments and stuff. Yeah, I try to, I mean, I definitely play at least twice a week on the days off. Um, We'll, we'll, we're, we're, we'll schedule we'll kind of try to schedule where we take our days off uh, around cities where we have either places where we can play golf or you know they have a place that i want to play or someone that's offered it for us to take us out somewhere to play um and then on the days of the show i i will play if it's a really cool opportunity and i can make it work if we're in the city and time timing wise it works for me but yeah i mean when you're on the road the the, the my my sleep schedule and everything just pushed way later than it is at home. So, mm-hmm. you know, you get off stage at 11 or midnight 
10 and you're not asleep until three, four in the morning. So it's tough to be up for, you know, 8 a.m. or 7.30 a.m. tea time. Sure. Um, but you do it if it's like a really cool golf course or a really special, you know, place. I, I mean, you guys have a sound that is really, um, I think, I don't know that this would land on everybody, but I think it will, it'll land with you. It's the perfect music you want to play around a golf to. Um, you know, it, it kind of, it's, it's happy. It's uplifting. It's joyful. It's fun. It's, you know, some songs make you want to dance. Some songs make you want to just chill in the backyard with a beer while you're cooking. I mean, um, it's, yeah. you guys do, you know, you do a great job. Uh, what's your favorite, what's, if you're, if you're listening to you guys, what's your go-to? Ooh, I think right now we have, we have a new song out, so I might as well just, you know, shamelessly plug that. Well, and because we the new album's album. coming out, right? Yes, yeah, we have a new album coming out on July 10th. Um, so we have a new single that is featuring Eric Rachmani from Revolution and uh, an artist called Stick Figure. That's a, a burgeoning reggae artist as well. And um, it's called Right Here, Right Now. It's available on everything, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, wherever you listen to music from, Apple Music. But yeah, and it's uh, it's kind of a fitting song. It's more of a traditionally reggae song. Um, but yeah, we've been told our music is great at barbecues and on boats. So mm -hmm. um, if you got either one, of, if you like to do either one of those things, it's highly suggested. And obviously, golf is kind of goes hand in hand with all those things. Anything you're drinking beer and and kind of leisurely doing something is a, is good music for it. So. No, totally. I um. So my, I don't want to say my favorite because I mean I I enjoy like again I fell in love with it during tourist sauce and so all the ones they played there like already gold is great. Right. I've heard it like a thousand times at this point because of it. Um, but yeah. too too good to be true with the umlaut. I mean, what what happened there? Like, how does how do you just decide <laughs> that, that you want to put that in a song title? I think we're just in the studio, probably under the influence of, of uh, something saying like, <laughs> Hey, you know what? Like, this would be funny if we, you know, too good to be true instead of just writing it out it would be funny, fun to just, you know, write that or somebody writes it that way, like in a track listing that we're, you know, we're in the studio and we're like, you know, we're listing the songs on a whiteboard or on a piece of paper or something like that. And they're like, right. Somebody will write it that way. And then we'll just keep it that way. That's just kind of how things happen in the studio sure. or you, you know, we have a song on one of our early albums called Kai Song. It was just because Kai, our former former member, was that was the song that he wrote and he sung. So we we're just like, and it was like what with an email with it that said, you know, the, the track the early track was on just was called Kai Song. We're like, what should we call it? We're like, yeah, just call it Kai Song. It's one of those <laughs> things. So yeah, it's not as uh, there's no like you know German backstory to it. Right. Like it's just kind of it is what it is. Well, it's sick. How hard is it, like, if you, um, maybe when you guys were going through it and everything put it all together, to, like, text that? Like, the exact way that the track is spelled out. That, had, that has to be a nightmare for you, like, to find, like, and to keep it all, like, autocorrect wants to have a field day with Too Good to Be True. Oh, I, yeah, I, and I, I don't even, like, whenever I have to do, you know, I don't know which one is the right one, you know, they all have, like, little, they go oh, different yeah. directions, and I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know which one this is. So I just, like, you know, leave it out. Like we get it. I, I think everybody understands what it is when I put, you know, write it there. So sure. it's a lot in the text. Um, Micah Pushel, Push from Iration on Twitter at Push Daddy on Instagram. You kept it a little bit more simple at Micah Iration. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Last thing, 49ers finish what in 2020? I think the 49ers finish. I think we, I think we repeat 13 and three.
Okay. All right. Well, uh, we'll see what happens. Looking forward to some golf in San Antonio. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Take care of the new baby and uh, best to you and your family, Poosh. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Good luck in week 15. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Big time thanks, big time shout out to Poosh for taking the time to join us here on the podcast feed. Uh, really looking forward to hopefully playing some golf with him, checking out uh, an iration show. I, I, I promise you, I mean, uh, we don't, you know, we don't tell you about things we don't believe in or things we aren't fans of. And iration really is awesome. Check out the song Too Good to Be True. It's the one that we bumped back with right now that you heard the tail end of. Uh, and their new song, the one that we were talking about early on, uh, is the one that we started the interview with. So um, look for that. The new album comes out July 10th. And they really are. If you're a golfer, I love golf. I mean, if, if you haven't caught on and I could have talked to Poosh about that for a whole episode, but I love to throw them on, uh, you know, on the speaker or whatever the bluetooth uh while, while playing around uh looking to play another round this weekend with uh with a friend uh socially distanced of course and uh you know that might be him texting me right now but uh either way uh fantastic conversation learned a lot about how san francisco 49ers fans seemingly feel about their own team and their own quarterback situation and so uh you know if you think that we are alone with the cowboys and Dak prescott and people having different takes you know just just imagine there are there are takes for for everything and that maybe that makes you feel better maybe it makes you feel worse but um you know I also you know I don't know what I mean I I like to think that I have a pretty good pulse on how Cowboys fans are feeling on Twitter you know I like to have fun on there um I truly do not know how Cowboys fans would react if they lost the Super Bowl I I don't I it would it would not go well honestly I mean it would you know every day to me Twitter kind of feels like um, you know, like when, when you were in high school and you would show up to school before school started, right? Cause you would get there on time. And it was kind of the time, like, you know, wherever everybody congregated, like around, you know, the cafeteria table or whatever. And that's kind of how Twitter feels like you just show up and Hey, who's here? Yeah. What's going on? How's your day going? You know, like that's kind of how Twitter feels to me. It would be just toxic if the Cowboys lost the Super Bowl. So kudos to Poosh for, for powering through after the 49ers lost theirs. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's going to do it. We're looking forward to a great week here on the podcast feed with some more great guests on all of our shows. So make sure you do subscribe wherever you get your podcast, whether that's Apple devices or Spotify, TuneIn Radio, uh, Stitch, whatever the case may be. Uh, we're going to have some fun. We're going to keep uh, keep on doing that because fun is fun is fun, right? So uh, let's do it. Hey, do me a favor. Have the absolute best Tuesday of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you manana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out.